1: Brought to you by the reinvented 2012 Camry. It's ready. Are you? Get in touch with technology with Tech Stuff from
0: HowStuffWorks.com
1: hi and welcome to the podcast. My name is Chris Polette. I'm an editor here at how Stuff works and I've got writer Jonathan Strickland with me today.
0: Hey there we're calling this one the wide open podcast.
1: Awesome you got to love open, especially <laughs> when you're talking about open source software, which is uh, what we were going to discuss. Um, basically basically what happened was uh, after the release of gutsy Gibbon, which is a new version of the open source Ubuntu, Operating system, I decided to download it, burn it on a CD, and, uh, put it in my, uh, my father's old PC that he gave me when he got a new one. And, um, you know, actually I brought it up with him. I said, I'm gonna, you know, try this out on your old machine. You know, it's not gonna be using Windows. He goes, you know, that's just another thing that people aren't gonna use. And he he was saying, what's the big deal? Why should I care about open source? And I really didn't have. A, a clean-cut, good, podcastable answer for him at the time.
0: <laughs> well, I'm glad you came into the room today because I've got <laughs> one for you. Actually, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll talk first about what open source really means. Um, open source is a way of developing software in which the, the original developer, whoever first programs the, the application, uh, makes all of the source code available to anyone and everyone who wants to look at it and not just look at it, but copy it, modify it, build on it, alter it in any way they, they like, as long as they're also following the rules set by the Open Source Initiative, which is a group that kind of uh, oversees the the standards that are used for open source software. And the idea here is that through a community of developers, a, a program can evolve much faster uh, in a much more fluid environment uh, than it would in a closed environment and by closed environment we 're talking about companies that have proprietary software where only their developers work on the program
1: we're looking at you, Microsoft and Apple yes
0: particularly <laughs> yes, particularly those two,
1: yeah, especially Apple, because uh, you know since they build their own machines, they their operating system takes advantage of those specific uh, pieces of the computer, like the processor and the video card and the uh, the audio card, that specifically operates. Which is one of those things that makes Apple computer. Why you know people say that Apple computers just work. It's because they always have you know a certain subset of, of materials that go into make the machines up.
0: Right. It's not like a, a PC that could come from one or uh, one manufacturer versus one thousand other manufacturers. Um, It's software that is specifically designed to work on a specific machine. And so, hey, what do you know? It works. But the problem (laughs) is they don't share that with everybody. So no one else can really tweak anything or build anything specifically uh, off of that software. You have – it's much more difficult to develop software for
1: a platform like that. And then you have, you know, bugs that come up and you have to wait for the the manufacturer to do that rather than, you know, the open source group can go ahead and get to work on it and somebody can, you know, over their lunch break from their day job can maybe work out a bug that has been bugging <laughs> the uh, the users of that software. That's actually kind of
0: an extension of the old hacker culture. Where hackers would look at a program and say, you know, this thing's just not doing what I think it should do. Not necessarily what it was designed to do, but whatever the hacker thought this program was supposed to do. Right. And then the hacker would go hack out some code. That's where the name came from. And, uh, you know, by hook or by crook, that program was gonna do what the hacker wanted it to do. And uh, the same sort of thing with open source software. If you were to download a certain application that was open source and you were to use it and you are saying, you know, this could really use such and such. There's this one feature that I really wish this had – Well, if you had the skills and the knowledge, you could program that feature and insert it into the application and make it available to everyone. And now, voila, we've got a new version of this software that suddenly has a new feature. And we didn't have to wait three years for the next cycle of of releases to come
1: around. That's true. Yeah, an example uh, that you may already be using – um, is when that, when Netscape was bought by AOL, they released their source code for the Netscape browser as open source, and it has resulted in the Thunderbird email client, the Firefox browser, and uh, somebody released the Flock browser, which incorporates uh, the ability to network your social network stuff into the browser. So you actually have a sidebar where you can check the Flickr, uh, the latest feed from Flickr or Twitter or Facebook or whatever, you know, several... Uh, different accounts, and they actually just added some new ones. So they they saw a need for that and just went ahead and upgraded the browser the way they thought it should be done. Uh, if you'd like to learn more about open source, we have an article called What Does Open Source Mean? Uh, we also, if you are interested in the hacker culture, uh, Jonathan wrote an article about how hackers work, and both of those are available on HowStuffWorks.com. Thanks for listening. For more on this and thousands of other topics, Visit HowStuffWorks.com. Let us know what you think. Send an email to podcast at HowStuffWorks.com.
0: Brought to you by the reinvented 2012 Camry. It's ready. Are you? Running a business is no cakewalk, but with SAP Concur Solutions, you can be ready for anything. work.